So this is Jerry Lee standing in for the manifester. We're into the third uh, part of the angel imperative. So tonight, the angel imperative, and just for you that uh, have sort of forgotten um, the meaning of imperative, uh, you know, it, it has to do with what is essential and what is urgent. And we are saying that angels are essential and they are an urgent order of entities to which our lives are connected and our future is attached. So those are very, very important things. Well, <clears throat> any of you that have had a chance to look at the latest blog, it is a very long one and it is loaded with all kinds of information. Uh, you people should just be wanting to treat it like a gold rush. And, and, and hurry to get to those blogs and to listen to this Word of God because it is uh, something God is providing during this uh, age of time uh, for people that are hungry for the Word. Now, it may not be the kind of Word that you are used to listening to uh, because there's been a lot of things going on out there for generations of time being taught a certain way that actually isn't causing the trees to grow or the fruit to abound uh, or the 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 green to get greener. Uh, one of the things that we learned in a most beautiful way was the words of Jesus when he was uh, being uh, accosted and tempted by Satan. And Jesus said, you know, uh, you must live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That was in Matthew 4.4. 4. Uh, every word that comes out of the mouth of God, what an absolutely beautiful, uh, fulfilling powerful scripture. I think that that has a root connection to a lot of the problems that, that occur out there in the society. That people just do not understand the importance uh, of, of attending to every word that, that comes out of the mouth of God. Uh, people are sometimes uh, very selective and uh, they, they don't uh, you don't want to take everything that uh, comes out of the mouth of God. That certainly came to pass in the days of Jesus. Uh, it didn't matter to them that he had raised the dead. It didn't matter to them that he had given sight to the blind or, and, and hearing to the deaf. It didn't matter to them that he was a man full of compassion and love and tears. Uh, what mattered is that they did, that Jesus did not say something that offended them or that they disagreed with. And when Jesus w did say something that they did not agree with and that offended them, uh, they forsook him regardless of the miracles, the raising of the dead, the, the people that were uh, sick and wounded and raised up uh, off of beds of, of, of a very uh, deep affliction. So uh, when Jesus said, uh, you know, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part in the kingdom of God, uh, they couldn't take it. They just said, well, that's it. They couldn't take it because they never took the time to say, now, wait a minute. This is a spiritual person. This is a man that cares about people. We need to find out what the spiritual meaning of these things that he, that he is saying. And that is what the disciples did. They were wise enough to understand that. There were a lot of times that Jesus spoke, and they just did not understand it. And he would say, they would say, why, uh, Lord, do you speak in parable? Tell us plainly, what is this that you mean? And sometimes, you know, um, it, it is absolutely imperative 
for people to uh, understand that they need to um, ask God to clarify to them mentally, spiritually, uh, the things that they do not understand. Because, um, uh, you know, a, a man of God is not going to teach you something that uh, uh, is, is just uh, purposely erroneous. Um, when the man of God is teaching you deep things, uh, there is a revelation. There is a deep, profound aspect to it. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes there's so many uh, a, a, attachments, so many uh, different, uh, you know, uh, conditions of understanding it because one root is part of another root and then part of a stem and uh, it just has to be understood in the way uh, that ha it has the proper dimension. So those things are, are very, very important. Uh, it is very, very necessary that people are careful uh, not to uh, frustrate uh, the grace of God. Uh, there are a lot of uh, wandering stars out there. Uh, the Bible describes them in Jude 13. A lot of wandering stars uh, who just wander through, you know, the Internet and, and through uh, all of the various um, uh, potentiations of different uh, uh, people preaching different things. And sometimes what happens is these persons... Uh, as wandering stars just get so confused and they start to putting everything into the pie and it becomes such a mix that it loses its flavor. And at the same time, because these people are not seeking and striving to receive these uh, understandings from God uh, by the Spirit, but are trying through the endeavors of their flesh to uh, accomplish uh, what... Uh, their intent of uh, being able to know these things, uh, you know, in a fast, easy, simplistic way, uh, it, it, it actually frustrates the grace of God. Because if the, the grace of God is made available for people, uh, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of leeway there that is given by the grace of God uh, to allow people to have the time to overcome and to understand and, and to experience the love of God. But if you're just a wandering star, just uh, bopping around from uh, a whole bunch of different ideas that are in conflict, you are not doing yourself a favor or uh, anyone else uh, as far as that goes. Now, I want to talk to you about an event, uh, for instance, that is so absolutely misunderstood and uh, it is, uh, you know, such a frustration uh, that that it is truly uh, something that that has throughout the course of time uh, frustrated the grace of God, and uh, it is something that you all know. I think when I when I talk about it, uh, it's in the book of Numbers. So um, you can turn there with me if you would like to. It's chapter twenty-one, and it starts with verse eight, and uh, it has to do uh, with the experience that Moses and the children of Israel were having uh, when they went out of Egypt. Uh, they were, um, uh, you know, on a journey from Mount Hor uh, by the way of the Red Sea and uh, compassing the land of, uh, of, of Edom. And uh, the people, you know, became very, very discouraged because it was a very difficult uh, journey. 
Uh, well, uh, not long after that, uh, the Bible says in verse 6, uh, chapter 21 of Numbers, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. Therefore, people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, we have spoken against the Lord, and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for them. That was verse 7. And um, verse 8 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. It came to pass that if uh, a serpent had bitten any man, uh, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Uh, this was an incredible thing. Uh, it seems like the scripture is saying uh, the Lord caused it. Then the Lord made a provision uh, for people to get delivered from what he had caused. But that has to be considered very carefully because a lot of times uh, when it will say that the Lord did this or God did that, uh, what it just simply means is it was allowed in God's permissive will to happen that way. It doesn't mean that God just went out and deliberately, uh, him, uh, God's self, uh, began to kill uh, these people, regardless of whether they were men, women, or children. <clears throat> and there's a lot of scripture to support that, but I don't have time tonight uh, to get into that. I have done teachings on it. Uh, but here is the story that we want to get into. Um, this pole that was made uh, and, the, and the, the serpent put on, uh, people have the story, uh, which is uh, pretty much along the lines uh, of the, the pole, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the caduceus, uh, the caduceus that uh, is, uh, you know, what the Hippocratic Oath is taken on. Uh, by doctors. Um, there's different names that apply to that, but we'll just use that one. Um, and and they show basically show this serpent wrapped around the pole, and this has become uh, a, an emblem of healing, uh, that this snake wrapped around the pole based on this story in Genesis 21. Cleverly, as far as the forces, uh, forces dark are concerned, uh, it, it was a total deceit of the word it was not at all what the Bible revealed. It was not at all what the word word said. And, you know, after all, we do live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, not just by a part of the words. And what happened here was a part of the words was dismissed from, from uh, this scenario. And only word that was left was about the serpent that was the snake. But the, the other kind of, of uh, representation that was put here, the seraph, was left out of it and just translated as serpent. But actually, if you get into the Hebrew words, you discover that there are two entities here. There is the serpent, the snake, and there is the seraph, uh, which is actually abbreviation for the seraphim angel. And uh, I've done a translation on this, but I, I don't have the time to go into all the details of that now. I've preached on this over the years. But basically what it is, is on this pole... At the top of the bowl was the seraphim angel. And its foot was on the head of the serpent, which was beneath the seraphim angel. So that it was, was 
on the pole showing that it had defeated uh, the, the, the serpent snake uh, and had its foot upon the serpent's head. And so when people would look at that and see that, the Spirit of God would just energize them, and they were able to overcome the, the poison, which is very much along the line of one of the things that Jesus taught, how that people could even pick up snakes and or be bitten with them, and they would not be poisoned uh, because of this tremendous energizing healing power uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, but that story uh, got left out of the picture, but it was the story that actually created the healing. But what ended up happening is it ended up being translated out, being losing its, its, its story, and, and even the people of, of Israel begin to lose the story. They begin to fail to see the, the total meaning of that, and what they begin to emphasize was the snake. And, of course, there were a lot of things about the snake uh, in those days that uh, people thought, you know, was sacred, and they begin to get the wrong idea, and they begin to worship that pole and to worship it as, as, as an idol. And so eventually, uh, uh, one of the kings, uh, trying to set things straight, uh, destroyed it, uh, even though it was an incredible uh, uh, relic, uh, 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 an archive of, of history that had to do with something that Moses was involved in making and touching. And I think that that, uh, that many years later, uh, you know, offspring of David would destroy it. Uh, what a shame, a sham, what a terrible, awful disgrace. But, you know, that same kind of thing is going on today, where, where people are not living by every word. They've got a major word that's been left out. So when they leave out that major word, what does that do? Oh, well, it does some awful things. And, and I want to just give you, you know, the example of it. Because in the uh, New uh, Testament, in the Bible, it says, um, it says uh, uh, even so... Must the Son of Man be lifted up? Uh, and, and for anybody to think for one minute that what the really meaning of that was, is was saying that, uh, that Jesus was going to be lifted up uh, like a snake. And so they, because of the lack of the word, because of people not living by every word, but just by li living by what they mentally endorse, and they, they mentally uh, uh, contrive to be what fits uh, their uh, mental uh, idea of what is, is uh, you know, appealing to them. Uh, they, um, they, they end up leaving out some of the words of, of God. And so that is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened there because they took out the revelations of, of the angel, the seraphim. Oh, when you take out the revelation of the angel, the seraphim, uh, you become a failure, a failure to, to actually the title of this message, the angel imperative. They did not understand the angel imperative, that it's absolutely uh, an essential, absolutely urgent that they had the connection to the angel because the angel, the seraph, was the gateway that was going to allow these people to walk through those fields uh, and and survive uh, any attacks uh, of these these uh, serpent snakes that were poisonous and were out there to bite. So so uh, uh, we've got to live by every word. And one of the words of God that is that is throughout the entire whole Bible. If you start pulling out the chapters and books that had 
angels described in it, you would just all but eradicate the Bible because the Bible is full of stories from Genesis to to uh, practically from Genesis all the way through uh, um, uh, Revelations about angels. It is a story of imperativeness. It is essential. Uh, it is absolutely a necessary, urgent revelation. And when people start taking it out, that has happened today in the church world. Uh, a lot of the church worlds don't want to talk about uh, angels because they don't understand. For instance, they take the first chapter of Hebrews, and I explained this in the blog, and they take the chapter, you know, where it says, uh, and God, uh, uh, the quote there in Hebrew is of, of Psalms. And they are quoting, they say, uh, you know, uh, that God made the angel spirit and his ministers a flame of fire. They add the conjunction and. But if you go back to the original text in, in Psalms, and is not there. That has been put in uh, by the scribes uh, in the um, uh, New Testament. That's been added. You know, I don't think that's even anything that, that Paul wrote. I think that was added to Paul's writing when they translated it, you know, from, from one language to another. And, and so it's very, very sad when something has been added or taken out or, or, or uh, you know, uh, subtracted. Uh, those things are very sad uh, because they are destructive. And, 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 and when they did that, they created a real problem because they, they created two entities instead of one. So they got this, this, the angel only being a spirit and not being a minister uh, of, of fire, which the, the subject, the topic of that chapter in Psalms is actually about uh, uh, that very ministry that the angels had. If you want to know more about that, go to the latest blog and read it because it's very important. When people start leaving things out. It is a sad, sad thing. Now, there are a lot of things that happen in the way of misunderstanding. You know, uh, <clears throat> when David, against the will of God, numbered the children of Israel, which was something that he knew he wasn't supposed to do, and children of Israel knew that he wasn't supposed to do it, there are two, uh, what seems to be contradicting uh, scriptures, you know, and, and, um, one of them uh, says that Satan stood up against Israel, and that Satan was the one that brought, uh, brought you know, caused all these thousands of persons uh, to die. Uh, but yet, um, you know, in uh, 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 in in, in uh, Samuel twenty four uh, one, uh, there's other scriptures uh, that relate to it, like Isaiah thirty seven thirty six. Um, it basically is saying, you know, that this was the angel of the Lord that did that. Well, this makes it sound like there's a contradiction and an error of the scripture that two people have got it right. One scripture says the devil did it. The other scripture says the Lord did it. And and so this just makes it look like the Bible is just in, just full of mistakes and error. And that is because they do not understand the story of Satan who was Lucifer, and Lucifer, who was the most beautiful angel in heaven, and one of the wisest angels uh, that was ever ever uh, uh, born. So, when we begin to understand that, that they are leaving out the word of God, they are, they are not having the story to understand who Satan was and what happened to Satan, because Satan's an angel. 
Satan was an angel. He's still an angel. The Bible says he can appear as an angel of light. Now people say, well, you know, he's doomed. He's, 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 uh, he's, he's, uh, you know, uh, that's finished with him. Well, you know, that is not your business or your right. And you don't have Bible to, to make that statement. You, you're just misinterpreting what someone else has told you. Because there's going to be what's called a great white throne judgment. And the seven spirits of God are going to be involved as, as, uh, commissioner angels. Uh, and, and, and they are going to be involved in the judgment. And at that time, then, then Satan is going to be judged along with the, with the angels that, uh, that did not do right. Uh, but that has not happened yet. And it's a good long ways off before that is going to happen. So in the meanwhile, even with all the, uh, the, the, uh, seemingly, uh, and, and, uh, actual, um, misdeeds and, and sinful things, uh, that Satan is doing, uh, uh, we can't judge him. And that is the very, that is the very message of the Bible. Because the Bible says that, that even the angels, and, and it gives, it gives an example. You know, when, when, um, one of the archangels was contending with, with Satan over the body of Moses, it says that he did not dispute with them. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord do it. The Lord rebuke you. But he did not dispute with him to try to make an argument and make accusations against him. But because of the word being left out and the story about the about Lucifer and the fallen angels and who they are, who Satan is, and what is going on, uh, there has risen a total misunderstanding and, and lack of appreciation of application to the war in heaven that took place between the angels. So, so uh, these things have, have just been kicked out, just like the angel that was on, on the pole that Moses made, and, and the seraph has been left out of the story, which only leaves a snake. And then that application has had to come on through all of the way to Christ. All of the way to Christ and end up making it look like that Jesus was the snake that was to be lifted up on, on the pole, which was the cross. So uh, I want you to hear this word. I want you to listen to this message that I am ministering to you because it is the word of God. And, and God is dealing, uh, you know, with his people. There are, there are so many, many things that we, we must, we must be very aware of, very careful of. Like, you know, when you look and you say, <clears throat> I see a white stone. I see a white light, rather. And, uh, you see this white light. Uh, and someone will say, oh yeah, I saw it. And then someone else might say, well, I, I saw blue, or I saw green. Someone else might say, oh, I saw red, or orange, or someone may say, I saw violet, or indigo. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, and listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, white light is a combination of colors, and there are seven of them. And it, it, it's, it's violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. It takes all seven of those to make uh, white. And they discovered that uh, scientifically by uh, studying the prisms of crystal. And when they studied the prisms of crystal, it, it was white on one side. And when it came out into the prisms, it came out in all these seven colors. And every time they tested it, it was always the same colors. And it was always... Uh, um, uh, those that I mentioned that made up the white light. So we have to be very careful about judging because someone might 
uh, be seeing an aspect of the white light, which is blue, or green, or yellow, or orange, or red, and and uh, or violet, or, or something of that of that uh, uh, need. Uh, you know, when you start talking about, uh, you know, the importance of things like you know colors making up the white, just consider the the foundations of of Jerusalem. Uh, there was uh, twelve foundations. You know, jasper, which is a dark green, sapphire, a blue, a chalcedony, white to pale blue, emerald, deep fiery reflections, um, uh, sardonyx, red, uh, sardius, a deep orange to brownish red, uh, chrysolite, um, olive green, beryl, uh, uh, olivine, uh, sort of like an, uh, an, an aqua marine, uh, gold green type of blue, a topaz, an olive green, uh, um, I, on and on, uh, uh, amethyst, uh, jace, uh, jacinth, uh, uh, chrysophreus, uh, all of these different kinds of, um, um, of, of different names and, and different kinds of stones with their different kinds of colors, uh, it, they were all a part of the foundation. So you can't say, look, I don't, I'm not into this sapphire thing that you talk about. I'm not into it. So then that makes you be not into the foundations of, the, of Jerusalem. Someone says, well, you know, I go along with the Jasper Revelation, and I go along with this thing on Emerald, but I'll tell you what, that Sardius, um, that, that, that Pearl, uh, and even the Topaz, I, I, can't, I can't go that. I can't go that. Well, you can say what you want. You can make your conclusions how you want to make them. But these are all the colors of the foundations of Jerusalem. And if you eliminate and, and, and uh, take out any of, any of these colors... Any of these foundation uh, um, representations by color and all that the meaning of that, when you put it into the green and the blue, because those all become a language. And, and all of those languages have something to say. They're part of the many living waters. And, and there's such a beautiful revelation when they're, you know, they're really, really talked upon. Some of these sort of represent like mind stones and perfection stones and you know, uh, stones of influence and covenant stones, night stone, uh, law stones, treasure stones, power stones. There, there's all kinds of things like that. So uh, the the Bible talks about degrees of song. They're sort of like that. They're 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 parts of of degrees of song. Why do human beings, the mortals here on earth, get things so mixed up? Why do they get things into such confusion, uh, such uh, arbitrariness, such uh, judgmentalness, such argumentiveness. Uh, well, uh, let's just read real fast uh, some of the Bible scriptures about uh, some of the problems that human beings have being, being human beings. Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 7.18, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Uh, Romans 7.23, I see another law in my members, warring, warring against the laws of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Romans 7.24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Romans 8.8, 8, They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8.3, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh. 
Romans 8, 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 44, there is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. 1 Corinthians 15, 50, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 56, for the sting of death is sin. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 49, but as we have borne uh, the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 47, this is my last uh, uh, scripture, the first man is of the earth, earthly, the second man is of the earth from heaven. That's the last scripture of this uh, series of biological problems of the human being. What happens when people start uh, leaving things out, you know? Uh, what happens when uh, people start um, getting involved in uh, not taking all of the Word of God? Uh, it, it, it is not a spiritual strategy, you know? The Bible says prove all things. There are things that have, that have priority. And there are things that are more advanced and, and that have uh, very much to do with overcoming and redeeming the time. Uh, and it is a total rendering to God of all the things that are God and, and, and uh, not just uh, taking what you want and leaving the rest out, uh, but learning to live by every word uh, that comes out of the mouth of God. Now, um, there's a lot of this talk, you know, about the aliens, and there's a lot of people, and they're, they're really, some of these people, I've, I've met good good deal of them, and uh, they are, uh, are, are people that uh, just don't understand, you know, they just do not understand that um, uh, how this alien picture really is, and why there are certain ways that if they are going to believe the Bible, that they cannot and must not have an, an attitude or an idea or, or, or a, a philosophy on it. Because to have those philosophies is um, incompatible with believing in, uh, in the, the true story of, of God and the Holy Spirit and, and the whole, whole biblical revelation. And I want to just talk on that for a few minutes before we get into all these many other things that, that we will want to cover. There is just so much. Uh, the alien picture, these people, okay, for instance, that have the idea that there are aliens out there far out in space, and they're in, they're, um, for years and years they've been slowly um, uh, invading the earth, and their idea is to transplant some of their seed into the human race and eventually take over the, the, the human planet here and, and uh, you know, be in charge of, of the humans and, you know, probably make uh, humans to become uh, like their uh, uh, slaves. So it's very, very important to understand something. And, and I want you to listen to this, because uh, just like some of these other other examples that I have shown you, uh, <clears throat> let, let this not become an example where you are losing out, <clears throat> because it's very serious. Okay, there comes a time, there comes a point, when you have to really believe in God, and really believe in His Word. And if you really believe in God, well, and you really believe in His Word, the Bible, uh, then do you believe there is a devil? Do you believe there is a Satan? Do you believe that uh, Satan, as described in, in Ephesians, uh, is this powerful principality of darkness? 
and that the real battle is not in the flesh, but is in with these uh, principalities of darkness. Do you understand, as I've done in the teachings uh, just recently, how that um, Satan and 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 his army and the forces of Satan uh, that right now they are in charge of the earth. Uh, it, it isn't until close to the ending chapters of of Revelation that the the Bible gives the scenario in which all the kingdoms of earth uh, and, and this world become the kingdoms of God, which is an absolute uh, explanation and statement that right now they are not the kingdom uh, of gods, but that they are going to eventually be turned over and become the kingdom of God. And I, and and you know Jesus taught. Uh, the disciples and other individuals, uh, when you pray, pray and say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> so we clearly see by this revelation how important it is uh, that, that we understand that Satan is in charge down here. And, and that's why he was able to take Jesus up on the mount, and he was able to show Jesus all the... All, all, all the your nations of the world and the riches of the world and say, I can give all of this to you. I, and I, Jesus wouldn't say, ha, 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 what a lie. You don't have that power. You couldn't give that if you wanted to. Jesus didn't say that. He just said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't going to be tempted by that. He made it, he, he had a choice uh, and, and made that choice about, about seeking first the kingdom of God. And the thing of it is, is that <clears throat> there are a lot of people out there that don't understand how powerful that Lucifer is. Lucifer is an incredibly powerful angel. Incredibly powerful. Uh, he is, uh, is uh, an angel that, that is, has archangel status. And then, let me, you know, I said we were going to get deep. <clears throat> and, and uh, you know, eventually I'll, I'll do some real uh, tidy teachings on this subject you know, get you more scriptures and all kinds of uh, things. But uh, uh, I'll throw this in because it's not my real subject for tonight. But, but you know, it does go along with the, the imperative importance of angels. In the first domain, first domain. Notice the word uh, domain, first domain, domain. Okay, you have a, you have a, a D-O-M. The D-O-M is an abbreviation. For kingdom, kingdom. So when you say first domain, you're saying, you know, the first kingdom. The, and you were saying first in the sense of, of spiritual height. Spiritual, not we're not talking feet and miles. We are talking spiritual height. And um, so, so that's what domain means there. It's got to do with the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's all about that. It's the heaven of heavens. There's a lot of physical heavens out there, many, 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 and then there is the heaven that is over all of the heavens, which is a spiritual heaven. It is not a physical heaven. And uh, in that, uh, it, it is of a perfect order. There is never anything in it that is conflicting. There is nothing in it that ever happens. Uh, in that uh, first domain, uh, the angels are neither male nor female. Uh, uh, there. God doesn't call himself Father in the first domain. God has revealed his Father outside of the first domain in the universe, but not in the first domain. It is an absolutely 
a perfect state of love. And and um, once you begin to understand that, um, you you will come into a different uh, state of the mind. Now, no advance can ever be made in the heaven of heavens because everything is in such a perfect state that that it, it cannot change in any way for something to advance to a higher state. So all advancing to a higher state has to happen outside of the first domain because it cannot happen within the influence of the first domain itself. So when angels go out of the first domain, out of the heaven of heavens, into the universe, which is a physical uh, world, uh, they have an opportunity to go out on missions and to do exploits. And in the doing of those things, they can make advances so that when they come back into the first domain, they have advanced on a higher level uh, of, their, of their angel order. Now that is how it works. Now the other thing is, you, you know, the angels have different uh, orders. Uh, they're, they're not all just angels and that's it. You know, there's different hierarchies. And in those hierarchies, uh, you, you have, you know, you have the, hi the highest hierarchy uh, uh, that most people are aware of uh, called Archangel. There is one other hierarchy that is higher than that, and it's called the Throne Angel, and that is the highest of the of the hierarchies of the of the angels. But 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 uh, then you've got Co Archangel. Lucifer was a Co Archangel. Uh, he was an Archangel that did not become part of of uh, Gabriel. He did not Co Un. Now when we talk about Co Uning, uh, that is a very special word manifestly that we use and it has to do something be even greater than like unity or like two people becoming one of mind one of spirit it, it is different than that it's where that uh that you have two people or two spirits let's say and and the one spirit uh becomes part of the other spirit and occupies the same uh, uh mental space the same uh mental character uh, the, 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 the same uh, whole total aspect and, and it becomes one uh, person. There's no longer two entities as one. Well, why would that ever need to happen? Well, how that happens is this. Everything has uh, a right to the, uh, the roles uh, of perfecting. And it is a, a continuum. So let's say that you have uh, a host and you've got a lord of hosts which is the archangel now you have the archangel who is the lord of the hosts uh, he is the the one over all of them they might also have as most of them do you might also have a um, an, a, a coal uh, archangel and then uh, you have um, all these other angels that are slowly uh, perfecting slowly advancing uh, toward you know, become an equal with uh, the archangel. Uh, otherwise, uh, there would only be one archangel, and these archangels are sort of like forever a beings. They they just go on and on for from one eternity, uh, so to speak, to another to another. It takes two forevers to equal one eternity, and that's another thing that people don't understand. There's a big teaching of that. Someday, Lord willing, I'll do. But but uh, when you begin to understand these things, it just opens up the eyes. It opens up the mind. 
it opens up the spirit. And it's just, it's just nothing but beautiful. Uh, but as we begin to get into this, these angels are advancing. At some point, they're going to advance to where they are, have advanced all the way up to Arch, Archangel. But there can only be one, uh, uh, you know, a leader Archangel and one co-Archangel, uh, 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 you know, uh, as an assistant. And uh, so the only way that these other angels have any opportunity uh, to, to uh, apply their advancement is they can co-oon. And they can co-oon with either the co-archangel or, or the leader archangel. Uh, and it would depend on the degree also of their perfection uh, and their advance that would enable them to probably make that decision. And so if they co-oon, then they become one uh, using the same space, and, 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 and they still have conscious awareness, but their whole conscious awareness is tuned in as though it were one single note with the, the mind tonation of that uh, archangel. Uh, now, over eons of eons of eternities of time, there can come to be many, many, many co-unions, and it can be hundreds, it can be thousands. And so uh, when you look at an archangel and you think in terms of that archangel just being one, well, that archangel is one, but it's a many one. It has many uh, co-unis. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, when Lucifer uh, lost the war, uh, you know, against um, Michael, the archangel of the seraphims, and he had to come down uh, to earth, uh, but before he even came down to earth, during the war, uh, he did something very similar uh, along the line of what Jesus Christ did uh, when he, the Bible says that Jesus came forth out of the Father. He came out of the Father. Uh, he was co with the Father, and that's why he say, I and the Father are one. Because, you know, he was co They were one. Uh, but then he came out of the Father in order to come onto this mission uh, as a Savior, and the Bible says he became the author of salvation, which means that there was, he was not always the author of salvation. That wasn't something that just always was. And that's why the, the, the verb there is very uh, pronunciating. He became the author of salvation. So uh, he came and, and uh, as, a, as a super individual uh, entity and uh, uh, by the name of Jesus Christ, and he came out from the Father. And so then the Father then was superior uh, to him. And so Jesus says, my Father is greater than I, because he recognized that the Father was in the first presence. And now he had left the Father to do this work, and he was no longer in the first presence. He was in the second presence. Uh, but that was all, you know, understood, because it was understood that he would eventually uh, reunify in the Kauni, uh, and become the Father again, be with the Father and become the Father again. Excuse me. <coughs> so, when you understand that, these other angels that had co-oomed with uh, Jesus, uh, or pardon me, with um, uh, Lucifer, uh, they were equal to being, you know, archangels. They're powerful. They're... they're, they're uh, hundreds of thousands of millions of years old, and, and they're powerful entities. So when they came out of Lucifer to help them 
uh, help Lucifer on an individual basis as individual uh, archangels uh, to uh, fight in the war, uh, those those were all cherubims. Now, once you're co-owned with, with an angel or with another entity, uh, you take on everything of that entity. You understand that that entity understands. So when Lucifer made the decision to do what he did, those other angels made that decision too because they had become a part of Lucifer. And so when uh, Lucifer had to come down to earth, those those entities who were uh, cherubim uh, equal to archangels also had to come down to earth. Now, we're beginning to see how important this picture is. Now this whole earth, this planet earth, is a place that was chosen for the opening to fill Okay, I hope you're still there. Uh, we bought a new mic, which it clips onto the ear, but it started acting up and making a buzz, and uh, we it didn't have the clarity for some reason. We're going to have to check it out, so I'm back to a, uh, a stand microphone, uh, but this one is a table microphone, um, and uh, it. Uh, uh, I hope that you weren't uh, uh, put into too much disparity of sound with the fuzzy... Uh, a sound we were getting from that ear microphone, uh, but anyway, uh, let's just um, let's just go on with this subject because it is so important, absolutely important. It's just it's vital that that people understand this. Now, <clears throat> the plan for Earth was originally uh, for the Elohim creators, which were the Ophanim, and which Yaviel was over. And it came down to earth with, with uh, the 144,000 uh, angels to be involved in spiriting creation. And while he was doing that, uh, uh, Lucifer was put in charge as a covering angel over the Ophanim uh, to do the other various works of creation that they would do. Uh, but then Lucifer, although he was absolutely perfect as, an, as a cherubim, when he came and mingled uh, with this job as a ophanim, uh, there was then discovered uh, a lack of perfection because he was not perfect as an ophanim. And then that allowed him to begin to have these ideas of being over all the stars and becoming ahead of all the ophanim and maybe even other angels. And that started this whole uh, war thing. <coughs> So, so uh, it is quite the story, and uh, it is it is quite amazing, uh, you know, of of all that uh, uh, is in in uh, in the depth of the meaning of all this, because uh, the originally the plan was to create uh, living entities that could eventually advance uh, to having a consciousness and an awareness of God, and these were all people that did not have souls. So the Bible shows us of the, you know, the Gihon, the Hedekel, the the Euphrates man, uh, the Python man, <coughs> and all of these different ones of that nature. So it's very, very important that uh, people understand the relevance of, of this teaching because it, this angel imperative is an absolute uh, essential revelation for people to have because it's why... Uh, Jesus came to bring a, a salvage. And the word salvation is really from the word salvage. And we are we that are here as fallen angels 
are being salvaged from this fall. And, and uh, it is very important to understand that. Uh, and so now when uh, people begin to talk about aliens coming from some other planet and getting ready to work on taking over this planet, and that's been going on, that is absolutely incorrect. Because what it, uh, the result of that actually does, it actually demeans uh, uh, Lucifer. It actually demeans his power. Uh, these aliens wouldn't stand a, a split a nanosecond of a chance against the power and the force of, of Lucifer and his co-owned angels. Would not stand a split second of, you know, of a nano moment. Uh, and, and so they would never be allowed to, to come here to do this type of thing unless they were in, in, uh, under the direction of Lucifer himself, such as the locusts or the Manus people, who were creations. Uh, he was the father of them. You know, so we need to understand how these things fit together. If we don't understand how they fit together, then what we end up with is another one of these uh, snake poles uh, without the victorious seraphim angel uh, standing on the snake's head. And then when it comes on down the road of time and it comes to the, the, the relationship that it has to the Bible and to Jesus Christ, it ends up putting uh, Christ and the Word of God uh, uh, into a category as a snake. And, and this is serious. That's why we have to recognize where all of these uh, allegiances belong to and, and, and how they're all connected. Okay, now... <clears throat> Let's just uh, go on here. Uh, if if people begin to to you know show these uh, aliens coming in, uh, then basically uh, you know uh, where is Satan at? Well, Satan just doesn't count, and angels. Well, you know that's just a myth. And pretty soon, God is a myth. And the next thing you have is people believing in these these uh, these people that are from another world, and uh, these reptilians or whatever you want to call them, they're from another world, and people are starting to believe that you know they really exist, uh, 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 and and they're they're aliens that are have physical bodies, and they're they have evolved from evolution. And they have become these powerful entities, and they've come here now to Earth, and they're wanting to basically take it over. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that basically is demeaning and destructive to the belief in, in God and the angels and Satan and the word of the Bible. And, and that is not, absolutely not, living by every word uh, of, of the mouth of God. It is, it is just living by the kind of word that people want to believe and want to adhere to, but it's absolutely against the word of God. And if we don't put everything under the category of God, and we don't put everything under the category of, of um, who God is, who the angels are, who Satan is, who Lucifer is, uh, then we get distracted from the imperative aspect of the story of the angels, uh, which is which is about creation, which is about why everybody of that nature is on this planet to begin with. And and so uh, I I say this in the kindest uh, and most compassionate uh, unction of the spirit uh, that people really take a second look and a second thought about getting connected with those ideas that are going to take away from the Bible, going to take away uh, from the the reality of God, and, and going to allow uh, it's going to sow fear and all these things. Jesus said that in the the harvest. 
that that there were tares that was going that were growing in the harvest, and that the one that had planted them there was Satan. So we have to understand that the only one that is in charge of doing any of that kind of thing, putting these tares, planting these tares, is Satan. That he's at the top of the list over those tares, giving the orders, making the decrees. And if we put anybody else in there, and we try to make these evolved type of of, of advanced aliens come in, we negate the story. We negate uh, the, the, the true revelation of the Word of God. So uh, I, I beseech you, uh, you know, to listen to the Word of God, you know, uh, you know, and if you hear a word that just seems so different from anything else you've heard from others, uh, don't, don't say, well, I don't know, this is just different from what I'm hearing from everybody else. Instead, say, thank God, oh, Lord, and just show me the meaning of this. Remember when Jesus said, you know, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have any part, uh, you know, in the kingdom of God. Uh, but we have to understand that what he was talking about there was not cannibalism. He was talking about trans-assimilation, taking on the nature of Christ. Uh, the blood was, is the very character of the life that he lived in the flesh. And he said, uh, we, it must never be said that Christ did not come in the flesh, because if you do that and you say that, then you're an antichrist. So it's very, very important for people to understand that and, and be able to put all of these things in the perspectives of the truth. That's very important. Now, uh, I wanted to get into the Church of the Firstborn, but maybe I better, the way time is flying, I better first get into uh, <clears throat> these some of these other subjects. Uh, I want to go over uh, some of the teachings that I did on Matthew 24, but I want to start with uh, uh, Luke uh, chapter 21. I just want to go over this story. Uh, I know some people say, yeah, well, I already heard that, I already got that. Well, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, but if you do, I applaud you. But but uh, I'm sure you can uh, well uh, uh, address yourself to listening again for the sake of other people who may not have gotten it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Chapter 21 of Luke. <clears throat> okay. Um, and where do we want to start here? Uh, oh, no, I, I'm not. I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> right chapter, wrong book. Okay, here we go. Uh, chapter 21. Okay. Um, now, <clears throat> verse 5. And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones, gifts, uh, he said, meaning Jesus, uh, as for these things which you behold, which was about the temple, which was about the stones of the temple, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And they ask him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? Now notice the difference of the wording in Luke and in Matthew. And something else that I would like you to take note of that I think is, uh, you know, very, very important. And that is how that Luke started off the book of Luke. And I think it would be, um, it'd be very uh, proper 
to read that to you right now to just see, you know, what kind of a thought he had, why he was even, uh, that he felt it was even important to write, uh, you know, a, another a gospel, another book. <clears throat> Chapter 1 of Luke. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the Lord, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write upon these in order most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things, wherein thou hast been uh, instructed. Now we see that he believes that he can write this story and tell this story about Jesus Christ um, uh, in um, some words that could conduct uh, uh, clarity and perhaps uh, a better uh, certainty of the facts. Uh, that, that to me seems uh, very evident of what is being said there. And so as we look at these words that Luke writes, uh, uh, which is the equivalent of uh, Matthew 24, as we see these things that, that he writes, uh, it's, it's very, very important that here the subject is about the temple and, and, and uh, not one stone being left upon another, which we know that that already happened in, in 70 A.D. And this was, this was written and spoken of before that happened and uh, before Christ had, had resurrected even. And they asked him, saying, when will these things be? What is the sign? Uh, wh what sign will there be uh, when these things shall come to pass? And he said, well, take heed. A lot of people are going to try to deceive you. Uh, many will come in my, my, my name saying, I'm Christ, uh, you know, drawing, uh, and the time drawing near. Go you not therefore after them. Many people are going to say the time is near. It's almost here. It's just almost here, even though in Second Thessalonians it said it's, the time is not near. And I read that to you last week, and you ought to get in the Bible and read that second chapter of, of Second Thessalonians, because it is very, very clear that, that uh, you know, that until there is the falling away, which is caused by the son of perdition, and until the son of perdition is sitting in the temple, which has to be built, because there is no temple right now, and it has to be built on Mount Moriah, where the, where the temple of the, the Muslims sit, uh, then, you know, this son of perdition cannot go and as God sit in that temple because it's not been built. Therefore, the word of God that's written in the Bible of how it's going to happen can't be fulfilled. So uh, we know from the time of Jesus and throughout the Bible where it repeatedly we say these things had to be done to fulfill the writings of Isaiah or fulfill this prophet or that prophet. Things are all tied in with the Word of God that way. And we have to understand that. If we don't understand that, we're not living on with every Word of God. Okay, that's very, very important. Okay, so um, it goes on. And uh, in um, um, verse 9, it says, uh, But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not uh, terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. <laughs> See, if you read that in uh, you know, uh, the book of, um, of Matthew, it, it just seems like uh, you know, if it could just happen any minute. That just, whoa, wow, watch out. It's, it's going to happen just any, any time. It's just going to happen, right? almost tomorrow or the next day. But uh, but it says, you know, the end is not 
uh, in Matthew, not yet, and in uh, Luke, the, it's, it's, the, the end is not by and by. It's not just in a little by and by. It's, it's just a whole lot further away than that. And, and it's, it's just worded right here in, in the Scriptures. Uh, there are things that must first come to pass. And what are those things? Well, uh, nation shall rise against nation. Uh, verse 10, and kingdom against kingdom. And there's going to be great earthquakes. And, and it's going to be in diverse places. And there'll be famine and pestilence and fearful sights and, and, and signs from heaven. Uh, uh, but before all these, uh, even, uh, you know, he's saying before that even comes, some of you disciples that are listening and asking these questions, you know, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be murdered by these people. You're going to uh, be arrested. You're going to be persecuted. Uh, those things all came to pass, and it was it was those disciples, you know. You could say, well, I think that's talking about other people. Well, you know, these things all have parallels, but they also have the original application, you know. Okay, now um, let's skip on down a little bit. Verse 20, And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know the desolation thereof is nigh. The desolation of what? The desolation of Jerusalem. Because these armies, uh, as I described to you last week in, in the book of uh, Matthew, uh, you know, uh, were uh, the, the eagles, because that was the emblem of the, of the Rome, and the soldiers would carry these banners that had eagles on them, and they were on a pole, and, and uh, that was... They were famously known for, for these eagles and what that represented and that they carried. And wherever those eagles were, uh, that meant the army of Rome was. And that meant that there was carcasses of the dead because that's how they fought their wars. And, and uh, so when we begin to understand that uh, he says, when you see, and I explained this last week, the armies compassed about, uh, you know, Jerusalem. And, and uh, in the other, uh, Matthew 24, it seemed to you know, especially uh, attend to the idea of, you know, uh, about surrounding, uh, coming against the temple of God, uh, that that would be the moment. That would be the short little time that you have uh, to flee uh, to the mountains. And uh, don't go back into the house. Don't look back. Uh, you know, just get out of there as fast as you, you can. And it goes on in verse 24. Uh, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captives. And there was over 30,000 uh, Jews that were uh, taken captive to uh, Rome and sold as uh, slaves. And it says, Jerusalem will be trodden down of the Gentiles until... The time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And uh, people need to, to understand the meaning of that because you don't understand the meaning of that. You can't possibly understand uh, the, the revelation that is given here by Jesus Christ. Uh, and and uh, <clears throat> there's going to be signs in the sun, the moon, in the stars, uh, upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexities, the sea and the waves uh, roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fears, looking after those things which are coming. The powers of heaven will be shaken. Uh, it, it's, it's just, you know, all, all there is just so important for people to see uh, the, the verse um, uh, tw- uh, 32. Uh, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Things have to be fulfilled. And uh, the term there for generation uh, can mean nation. Uh, you know, uh, 
it, it, it certainly doesn't mean generation because that was not uh, a fulfilled prophecy. Um, and uh, but it, it you know the, the nation is going to be lasting a long long time because it has a special charter you know in God. <coughs> so um, uh, I just wanted to go over that real fast for the benefit of any uh, you know new hearers that might have come on to listen to this word. Uh, God, uh, you, you you can go back to the archives uh, on www dot the the manifester dot org manifester m a n i f e s t e r this is all lowercase all one word the manifester dot org uh, you can go onto that play the archives and listen to some of these other teachings especially the other two teachings on uh, you know, on the one and two of the of, of the uh, uh, angel message uh, you know that I I've just been preaching on okay. All right, so uh, uh, you know it, it, it's just uh, absolutely important that this word get engraved into your mind. Uh, now I want to move uh, back over to uh, Matthew uh, 24. Uh, we're you know not going to just spend too much time because we did spend quite a bit of time uh, on uh, that uh, scripture last week and. Uh, but, you know, we're going to just cover a, a few things again uh, because it is such an important uh, scripture and it's just so misunderstood by so many people because they do not understand. Uh, the other thing that I didn't show you, and I apologize for, in uh, the words that were changed, in um, instead of calling it tribulation, it called it affliction. And uh, uh, so there's been a lot of confusion that has been created by using the word tribulation because people have identified it uh, to the great tribulation uh, that was to happen, uh, that is described to happen in Revelations. And and uh, this wasn't referring to that at all, but people thought it was. And then uh, the scripture in um, uh, uh, Revel, uh, pardon me, in uh, Matthew 24 uh, that seems to indicate that immediately after the tribulation of those days, uh, the word immediately, of course, uh, that that is not the meaning. Uh, they changed that uh, word uh, that was used in several other scriptures. They they took that out and they changed it to uh, you know by and by and other words like that. Uh, you know, uh, amount of time they 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 give different other meanings. So uh, uh, the scripture is meant. Uh, to tell you uh, that uh, the end is not yet. These are only the beginning of things. All these things that you're talking about that's supposed to mean the end. Uh, the Bible says says in uh, 24-6 that uh, when those things happen, they must come to pass. They have to happen, but they're not. the end is not yet. Uh, the, the nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom and pestilence earthquakes, they have to happen, but it's only the beginning. It's not the end. And and so it's so important to understand that. Uh, the abomination of desolation is, is what happened when the the temple was destroyed and des- desecrated. Uh, and people say, yeah, well, in 49, nation be, uh, Israel became a nation again. That, to me, is a sign. Yeah, it's a sign. 
but but it's not the first time that there's been that sign. Uh, Israel has been basically destroyed uh, by powerful armies and nations, and then they have come back into a, a nationhood again. And and uh, who who is to be able to say out there that Israel may not go through another war that will just decimate them, and they'll just be like they're destroyed, uh, but then in many, many years of time, uh, they'll become a nation again. Uh, it's happened before, it can happen again. So, so well, it's not enough time to do that. Uh, you don't know that. You're just talking just like those people that, that ended up uh, not recognizing the, the seraphim angel, uh, you know, and, and, and the importance of recognizing these angels because they're, they're absolutely an essential uh, part of, of the, the teachings of the Word of God. And, and there is a chapter 7 and chapter uh, 9 of Daniel, uh, you know, makes it clear that, that there is going to be a, a complete, in chapter 9, a complete finish of sins. Uh, and that is all tied into chapter 7, that it will occur within a, a time, time, and a dividing of the time. The dividing of the time is described in, uh, which is the next part we're going to get to, uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is about the 10... Uh, uh, Virgins, uh, five are, are are foolish and five are wise, and we talked about that last week. But uh, since I've had at least uh, two or more requests from people to go over that part again, uh, I'm going to take the time and just do that. So uh, it it goes like this uh, in Matthew 25. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, we want to make uh, this comparison because it is very important for everyone to recognize this. If you don't recognize it, uh, you end up missing out on every word of God. Uh, and this, these are the important things. Uh, they were all virgins. They all had lamps. They all um, slumbered when the bridegroom tarried. They all knew about the bridegroom. Uh, they all heard the call. They all um, um, uh, they 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 they, uh, uh, they they see uh, you know um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, they 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 see the, the the they all have lamps and and they they see the. Uh, they all trimmed their lamps. Um, and then, uh, you know, we get to seven. Uh, then uh, then uh, uh, they all knew the Lord, and they all came to the wedding. Okay? Uh, but five of them ran out of oil. Okay? Now, I'm not necessarily putting that in a chronological order, but it is all, it is all things that happened. So uh, it says in verse 2, And five of them were wise, five foolish. They, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Uh, but the wise took oil in their uh, vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, and this is that, you know, dividing of the times, uh, that is when, you know, the Lord is going to come. It's going to be the times and the times, and then the dividing of the times, when that, is a time cycle is finished. That is when the coming of the Lord will happen uh, at midnight at the dividing of the times. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go rather 
uh, to them that sell and buy your, uh, for yourself. Now, this is why the, the wise were wise. They said, no, we, we can't do that because here's what could happen. If we share our oil with oil with you, then you will still not have enough to make it uh, to the site where God is going to meet us, and we won't have enough either. So it will end up that all ten of us do not make it. So we're going to stick with this, and we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to keep what we've got, and you're just going to, you know, you should have thought of this, but you didn't. You're just going to have to go wherever you have to go. Uh, go out there to some of these other believers and see if they can help you. And they can, uh, you know, uh, you know, help you. You might have to pay them a little bit of money for their efforts. But, you know, uh, you better you better do that right away because, uh, you know, there's already been the announcement that the Lord is coming. So um, uh, they they took off uh, and and uh, uh, they went to, uh, you know, to see what they could they could get something. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, uh, verse 10, and, uh, and, uh, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins saying, Lord, open us. They were able to find the place where the wedding of the Lamb was to take place. They, they could do everything. Uh, they evidently found some oil that, uh, that enabled them to get on up the road and get to that place. Uh, but when they knocked on the door and said, Lord, open to us, uh, you know, Jesus said, uh, I say to you, I, I know you not. So there is this kind of thing of, of uh, doing the right thing the wrong way. And I think we have a whole uh, world full of people today that are, uh, you know, doing what they feel is the right thing, but they're doing it the wrong way. Uh, they've got philosophies, they've got concepts, they've got beliefs. They think that that is really awesome as toward for, uh, as toward fulfilling uh, their obligations uh, as to the coming of the Lord and to sharing this with other people. And they're doing it with a lot of fervor and and so forth. And and they they've got a lot of instructions. You know, uh, they, they've got all these things uh, that I that I m- mentioned earlier. You know, they're virgins. They've got they've got lamps, uh, you know. They know about the coming of the bridegroom. Uh, they all know about the. Uh, the uh, they um, uh, no, they all slumbered when the bridegroom tarried, and they all know about the bridegroom, and they all uh, heard the call, and, and they all trimmed their lamps, and uh, they all knew the Lord, and uh, they 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 all wanted to go to the to the wedding. Uh, and they all did make it to the place of the wedding, but Jesus said, "No, I do not recognize the kind of anointing that you that you got. It it is not. It seems to be the true story. You've got a lot of things that 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 seem to have relevance and seem to have truth, but I don't know you. I don't know you of the Holy Spirit. I don't know you of the of heart to heart." I don't recognize that anointing. It's not recognized. So you are. I do not know you. You cannot come in. Uh, we will not open the door. And this is going to be the amazing and most hurtful thing. People that are so sure because you know, like you can look at all the things. Yeah, they're they're a church. Yes, they believe in Jesus Christ. They're praising Jesus Christ. They're teaching to love Jesus Christ. Uh, they're uh, teaching about the coming of Jesus Christ. They're in all these things, but along with it, they've got a lot of other ideas 
that have filled up uh, their their minds and their hearts and has crowded out the true anointing of God. They, you know, and and they don't have what it really takes. You know, to get into into uh, the marriage supper of the land, they, they've got what it takes to get right there to the door, but they don't have what it takes to be accepted. Where Jesus says, "Yes, I know you. Come in." And if Jesus doesn't know you, then you're foolish, and you remain foolish. And the Bible uh, scripture in in the book of Revelation says, "Let the just be just still, and the unholy be unholy still." So we see this relevance uh, there about this thing, and and it it just goes so perfectly along the line of uh, these subjects that we're talking about. You know that that uh, are so so absolutely relevant. Uh, to to the whole word of God, to the whole truth of God, and please believe this: that the way it is uh, it is going to turn out is the 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 way that people thought for sure uh, was going to be uh, the story of the truth is going to turn out not to be the story of the truth, and the revelations that are that are coming forth are going to be different than. Uh, what anyone was expecting, uh, they they just you know have a uh, a different idea about it, and uh, they just don't uh, you know understand by that uh, the meaning in the fullest sense, though that so that the Lord could say yes, enter in to my kingdom, uh, I know you, uh, yes. Do uh, angels have relevance? Well. You just think about that. You just think about that. You think about the uh, the angel imperative. Uh, just real fast, you know, uh, about angels uh, and a few things here. Um, you know, uh, there's there's some really neat scriptures. First Timothy five twenty one. We are the elect angels. Psalms one hundred three twenty. Bless the Lord, you angels, that excel in strength and that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the Lord. Psalms 82, 6-7. I have said you are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. Uh, John ten thirty four. Jesus answered and said to them, Is it not written in your law, I have said you are gods? And in parentheses, we've got angels. He called them gods, and to whom the word of, of whom the word of God was come. And, uh, or the, who, uh, 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 unto whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken. So the true word of God cannot be broken. It can't be rearranged. It can't be put into some special funnel that brings it into some uh, uh, different uh, consort. Um, you know, and uh, these are just really, really important revelations, important truths. Uh, they're just, uh, they're just absolutely uh, a, a reality that we must not overlook. Uh, Psalms 18.10 The Lord of the cherubim angels rode in the cherubim cherubim craft and did fly. Yes, he flew uh, as if upon the the wings of the Godwinds. Psalms 18.10 MIV Manifest Interpretation And the uh, cherubim were lifted up. This is the living creature, angel, messenger, that I saw by the river Chabar. Ezekiel 10.15 There is so much in the scripture. You know, uh, 
You know, Genesis 22:17. Thy seed shall be as the stars uh, for number. Uh, spirits of angels, of course, is what that's talking about. Job 38, 7. Sons of God, morning stars, sing together. Psalms uh, 147, 4. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by, no, by names. Uh, who out there in the ministry has revealed the number of the stars? Uh, we've revealed from the scripture that there were a trillion ophanims. I've never heard it ever taught in all my life. All my exposures, I've never heard that number ever given before. And yet the Bible tells us uh, in, in uh, you know, some of the oldest books of, of the Word of God that the, that the number of the stars, the number of the angels, you know, is going to be revealed. And, and, and there's going, they're going to be an understanding of their name. Such things as archangels and, and co-archangels and, and co-uning and all these other things of the teaching of the manifest light. They're so important, you know. And, 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 and that teaching was revealed in Revelations 5.11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around about the throne and the beast and, and the elders. Beast and elders, elders are depicted as uh, with angels as a redeemed of God through the blood out of every kindred of tongue and people and nation. Revelation 5.9. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 which means myriad, uh, from the Greek myrius, meaning 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And when you factor all this out, you know, using the superscripts, the subscripts, you know, uh, and I mentioned this last week, but, you know, we hit it again because it's important, you do end up with one trillion. And and so who out there is teaching this? Because they don't think it's important. They don't think it has an imperative. But but it's, it's, it's a... It's something that has to be fulfilled because it's a prophecy. It's a prophecy of the Word of God that that that, that the number of the stars, the number of the angels, was going to be was going to be uh, told, and, and and so you know this ministry is revealing these kinds of uh, things. And the Bible connects the angel revelation uh, under the name star, which star is a synonymous name for angels. Uh, in Revelations 2.28, to him that overcomes, I will give him the morning star. Second Peter 1.19, let the day star rise in your hearts. You know, Daniel 12.3, they that be wise shall shine as stars forever. So these are just so important, so absolutely important. And there, there's a relevance that has to do with the cherubim and the seraphim and how that these are guardian angels as revealed to us in the book of Matthew and, 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 and they're judges. Uh, and so like uh, the scripture, they fought from heaven. It's talking about these stars, the stars in their courses fought against Sisera. Uh, you know, this is an incredible thing when the angels can be involved in going forth and protecting and keeping keeping you it's an you know incredible thing and and that was a uh, uh, judges 520 kjv uh you know uh so uh, i i i just i just pray that this word will live in you and and that you will not uh lose out on digging into these things now uh i want you to get into that that blog it's a very long blog but at the beginning of it i made a challenge and I, in that challenge i said uh, i challenge anyone to read this blog and not be affected uh, i think i can stick with that uh, but one of the revelations that's in that blog uh, is uh, from uh, second chronicles 9 13 
uh, and 1 Kings 10.14. The only places that anything like that is mentioned, and it's about the same historical happening, in which uh, the the queen of uh, Sheba comes and meets uh, Solomon, and then afterward there is revealed uh, this special amount of gold. Uh, it, it is a very special amount of gold. There are uh, other kinds of gold that come in within the year, but they are not applied because some of that gold is, uh, you know, uh, mixed with silver or other reasons. Uh, and some of it is just outstanding gold, but it's not specific to the revelation. And the revelation was a revelation about the 666 talents. And, and uh, you know, Jesus said uh, the people are given a talent and, and if they go out and they, they cause it to, to earn or, or to produce, uh, um, you know, a, a additional talents, uh, that they'll be rewarded for that. But they just go out and bury it in a handkerchief and, and nothing happens to it. It's just put in a burial pose. Then they will lose. What they have will be taken away from them and given to another. So, so these things are so very, very important uh, because that has relevance uh, to the angels that are the Ophanim, any of those angels that don't make it, uh, when the new uh, creations are are coming back into being, and they be, they overcome uh, some of those talents that were taken away from the Ophanim that just failed and, and refused to, you know, they, they came against the Holy Spirit and, and committed the unpardonable sins and so forth, their talents will be taken away from them, which is their souls, and they'll be given uh, to these other new uh, persons that are going to become angels, and and uh, and they're going to they're going to be able to receive their soul and become as that person that failed and that that lost their soul, as though they were that person, and as though there never was a failing. Because when the angels come back to the kingdom of God, God will not allow one of these trillion to be missing. Uh, there will there will be a trillion that will come back in, and that's the way God works it, you know, in the in the in the kingdom of God. So um, now we 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 uh, when we look at the six hundred and sixty six, and we think in terms of that along with the revelation of the trillion, uh, we can easily look at that and see two thirds of the of the number a trillion in the number six six six, and then we can uh, add to that. Uh, three, three, four, and that has uh, slightly over your 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 uh, third. Now we could we could make it uh, more fractional. Uh, we could break that that uh, last billion down and 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 even it up uh, with the two thirds and the one third. But I'm just doing this, uh, you know, to a uh, fast, easy to follow scenario. And you take the six, six, six. You have two thirds. You take the three, three, four. You have one third. So you got two thirds and one third. And so three thirds. So the Bible says. Uh, and this is a little different, but it says one third of the stars fell from heaven, and 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 then you go to the book of Revelation, you find all kinds of places where it talks about a third of the waters, or, you know, a third of uh, of the people, a third of the land, third of the trees, uh, because this is all about the fall of the angels, and it's about the two thirds that that that. Uh, did not want to take bodies. You know, Lucifer convinced them that, uh, you know, uh, sort of like uh, the Gihon serpent, a man uh, uh, convinced Eve that, oh, thou shalt surely not die. Oh, Lucifer convinced these angels. Now, look, 
you are not going to lose out. You do not have to take go into these bodies. You go and take the human body. You're going to lose your rem, your mem, uh, memory. You won't remember who you were. You'll lose all your powers, all your angelship, and you'll just be sort of like a beast. And and you just don't have to do that. I am going to show you how that you can re, retain your status without doing that. And they believe that. They believed it. And and uh, so there's 666 billion. 666 billion of the OFNM, you know, that followed along with this. That doesn't mean that those people won't be saved or redeemed and they won't change their mind, but that is the number where the 666 comes from, you know. And and it's very interesting uh, if uh, uh, we turn to those, uh, which I'm not don't have the time right now to I don't think to do, uh, but we'll see. I might have I might still have the time. But in Kings and 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 uh, Second Chronicles, where it tells about the six 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 European six hundred six six talents of gold, and and that it was the best gold. It was just the it was better than even the gold of Ophir, Ophir, uh, O P H I R, uh, you know, which was. Cons- uh, you know, um, O-R-P-H-I-R, which was just considered to be, you know, unbeatable. But here is the revelation. And, and this was the the revelation to um, uh, Solomon, who was reputed to be the wisest person uh, living in the world, uh, when he talked about in the Song of the Solomon, the secret place in the stairs. And you'll see why the secret place in the stairs. But first, let us look uh, at... Um, uh, uh, you know, at, at uh, Zechariah, uh, and let's 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 get into that book and turn with me to um, uh, thir- chapter thirteen. And I just I just want to read that. Uh, let's see if I got the eye. Uh, here we go. Have it for you. Jiffy. Okay, chapter thirteen and verse seven through nine. Uh, seven through nine. And let's just just read that. Now, here's what it says. Uh, <coughs> Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow. Now, if you were able to follow in the book of Psalms, uh, David, by the Holy Spirit, is speaking about, you know, the uh, this person, this fellow, this person, this friend, uh, who who betrayed him. Uh, it, it's not the exact same thing, but it's along that line. But this is actually re- referring uh, to Lucifer, uh, who was a fellow uh, angel and, 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 of, uh, and an archangel, which was in that same high category. And uh, so he was put in, uh, the Bible tells us, as a covering angel, sort of like a guardian angel, uh, over the, the Ophidims, because uh, at that time uh, there was no um, uh, uh, archangel, a co-archangel, to stand in for, for Jesus Christ, or, or rather it was uh, when he was uh, uh, Yahweh and had not yet uh, come as Jesus Christ. And um, uh, that when, when this happened, then they chose this... Uh, uh, archangel uh, who was a cherubim, and the Bible says that he was the you know he was the covering cherub, which is the singular for cherubims, and uh, he's put in place, uh, and uh, then he's he's a perf- he's a perfected uh, uh, you know um, 
a cherubim, but he's not a perfected ophanim, and he begins to slip and making mistakes and, and committing sin, and and all the uh, unfortunate things that begin to happen begin to happen. Uh, but but uh, when we begin to see this, this story is talking about that. It says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, you know, against against this person, this fellow uh, that, that I have chosen, uh, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts, of course, is Yavio, who Lord of hosts is the title of, of, an, of the leader archangel. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Okay, that's exactly what happened in this war that took place, uh, chapter 12 of uh, Revelations, this war in heaven. Uh, you know, Lucifer was rebuked and was smitten, and he and the angels were forced to have to go down to earth. And and uh, and uh, that's why all the angels ended up on earth. That's why you are here, why I am here. This is an imperative story, ladies and gentlemen. It has to be told. It has to be preached. It has to be understood. It's a resoundingly important, essential, urgent message that needs to be understood. If we don't understand that, then we can't understand when Jesus called himself the Son of God and the people said, who do you think you are calling yourself the Son of God? Jesus said, listen, it's in the Bible. It's in, it's, it's in the Word. This is, it can't be broken. You know, the Bible says you are God's. And, and then if you follow the translation of the word God, it does also interpret to mean angels. So our angel are angels. So, so that's so very important. Now let's read this in Zechariah uh, 7 through 8, verse 8. And it came to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts, let's call those two-thirds, because that's what it's talking about, shall, uh, therein shall be cut off and die. But the third part shall be left therein. So if we got a third part of, and two parts, we know that that makes the other two parts to be thirds. So we got, you know, three thirds there, uh, two parts that are separated and they die. Now, that doesn't mean in the, you know, because in the, in the Bible language, there's a first death, a death, there's a second death. There's all kinds of different applications of dying and death, you know. Uh, but, but there's, there's two thirds, uh, two parts, two thirds that are involved in that, you know. But one third shall be left, and I will bring the third, the one third part, through the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. So this incredible, fantastic revelation that was given uh, to, uh, to Solomon, uh, this was before he got old and, and uh, you know, fell into the, the female trap in, in the way that uh, it just totally offended God. But, but uh, let's just, you know, let's just look at this. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, I'm going to turn to uh, 1 Kings 10.14, and I'm going to read it for you because I just, it's just so important uh, to do that. We're just taking a little bit of the time to do this. 1 Kings, uh, if you'll turn in your Bible with me, 1 Kings 10, 14. All right? Okay, now here, here is what the, the, uh, the teaching uh, says, and it is, is so important. Uh, now the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year was six hundred three score and six talents of gold. Now a score is twenty. If you have three scores, that makes sixty. So then you have six hundred 
66 talents of gold. A talents of gold weigh about, uh, you know, uh, 94 pounds. And uh, it's, it's, you think of 94 pounds of, of, of gold, and then there's this tremendous number of it. You are talking an incredible value just beyond. But in the 29th verse of this same chapter 10 of First Kings, First Kings, it talks about the incredible amount of money that they spent. Uh, and a chariot, a chariot came up and went out of Egypt uh, for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And so it's talking about the tremendous amount of money uh, that was involved in the commerce uh, of the day in which uh, Solomon lived. Okay, now let's get this. Let's read it again, verse 14. Now the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year was 600, three score and six talents of gold, besides that he had of the merchantmen, of the, uh, of the traffic of the spice merchants, and of all the kings of, of Arabia and of the governors of the country. So there was other gold that came in the year, but it was not counted. And another scripture, is, it, it, and I think it's in the Chronicles, talks about that it was the best gold. There was a reason for this particular selection and why it was. Then it goes on and says, um, verse 16, And King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went into one target. Uh, let's skip to verse 18. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with the best gold. There it is right there, the best gold. You know, so we see that there was selective gold that was made and it had a purpose. And the throne had, now get on to this, six steps. There are six steps leading up to the top of the throne. And, and, and now <clears throat> it says, um, uh, let's look at uh, verse 20. And 12, uh, and 12 lions, 12 lions um, uh, stood there on one side and on the other. So if you take 12 and part of them are on one side and part of them are on the other side, then you've got six lions on one side of the stairs, one for each step, and six lions on the other side of the stairs, one for each step. So you have six steps uh, plus you have uh, six and six lions. Six on one side, six on the other. You've got another six, six, six. And there was not the like made in any kingdom. Wow. Wow. Verse 23. So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and, and for wisdom. And when we put that together with the revelation in Zechariah 13, we see that it is the revelation of the accounting of this uh, gold, which is representative of the division between the two-thirds and the one-third. And that if you add the one-third to the 666, the 334, you end up with the figure of uh, the trillion, which is the, which is the number of the angels. And now you begin to see the revelation of the 666 and what that's all about and, and, and uh, how that uh, uh, this is a revelation that God is revealing to the people. You know, because it says, let the person that has wisdom count the number of the beast. Well, that, that, that is, you know, definitely a main part of the revelation of the number of the beast 
you know, and 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 what happened to what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? When Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you know, went against the things of God, and and uh, God began to you know to uh, to remove his blessings and just allow him to to uh, um, to turn backwards, so so that he uh, became a beast, like a beast. Uh, and and uh, he the, it was building an image that had a head of gold, and <clears throat> uh, that's why the name of Babylon lives on in the Book of Revelations, because that Babylonian system, you know, is still to be in effect, and is still part of all this revelation. It's still tied into this thing of the of the angels. Uh, it, it is just so important, ladies and gentlemen. To, to understand, and, and, and as I bring the conclusion of this, you know, uh, of the importance of this imperative of the angels, that, that uh, the revelation of the number of the stars, which is part of this revelation of the 666 and the 3, the three 4, uh, which gives the total of the trillion, which is revealed in, in uh, the book of Revelation of the number of the angels, which are the Ophanim, that this whole thing is is an absolute, it's an essential, and and when people are not giving it the gravity that they need to give it, and not giving it the, the summation that they need to give it, and allowing uh, other teachings that really have no relevance to the Scripture, that are demeaning to the Word of God, that do not uh, properly punctuate, do not properly put in order uh, the 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 uh, uh, respect uh, and application of who God is, and and how that that you know the angels that are out there right now are the seraphim, the cherubim. You know, yes, Satan has some of his mantis people out there of the locust family. Yes, but you know, there's more teachings to come on all of that, and and. Uh, you have this opportunity to get into these blogs, to get into these, these teachings. And you should really be uh, delving into it and doing all that you can uh, to, to keep up. So uh, I want to thank you for being here to listen to this word. Uh, I'm just you know, running out of time here. I want to do um, uh, you know, some uh, Gentile here. Uh, what I would like to um, uh, you know, deal with here tonight is... Um, you know, uh, general healing to the body, because there's such uh, a plethora of different kinds of problems. Uh, we would have to have a list, uh, multiple pages long, to even begin to incorporate them. But you know, there is something about the sanctioning of the Word of God and the power carrier over of the Word of God that when uh, the the Word of God reaches out, spirit to spirit, when the Word of God uh, reaches out to touch you and to love you uh, using this Gentile, which means generative touch. It means that when God touches you, the power of regeneration is there. The, God can increase y your hearing. <clears throat> God can increase your, your eyesight. God can increase your strength. Uh, God can increase the function of the organs of your body, and He wants to do that because God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to the lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic and sympathetic neurotransmission system. <coughs> Begin to send messages out uh, throughout the body over the neural network. Begin to send messages to the lymphatic gland system, to the hormone system, 
and from those two systems begin to uh, send messages to the rest of the body and release whatever hormones whatever kind of conditioning into the body that needs to be released begin to create whatever kind of energies or healing to strengthen the body to relax the body to relax the nerves to heal depression begin these processes immediately and if there are any misconfigured messages in the body that are turning off the body's function to operate properly those are now by this word disconnected may God bless you and keep you we're hoping by next week to uh, have this on video we're still it's taking us just a little more time than we thought we want to thank you people that have helped us financially um, we are far far away from having what we need to cover what we have spent but uh, God bless you and love you and God bless you. There's people out there who would like to, but just don't have the means. Well, then I just pray that God will reach out to you and touch you and heal your finances and just bless you abundantly. And I don't ask that you give us one dime out of that. Just be blessed. Just let the love of God bless you and, and just help you with your needs and your family. Good night.